This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. Well, Leading Second, welcome back. It's season six of the Leading Second podcast. It's the year of the leader. We're so excited and honored to have you here today. If you lead from the middle in any capacity on your church team and you just have a heart to get it right for your pastor, you have found the right space. Leading Second is your tribe. Welcome. So glad you're here today. And I'm so excited for today's conversation. You know, I often like to dive into the tensions of leading from the middle. John Maxwell calls us 360 degree leaders. In other words, sometimes leading in the middle, we have it coming at us from all sides. You know, we are in authority, but we're under authority. We're leading and following at the same time. You know, it's just impossible to separate those from each other. And sometimes that comes with tensions. Today, we're going to dive into a well-known tension of leading from the middle, and that is what I'm calling the vision tension. You know, when, when you lead from the middle as part of a team, you're building and you're supporting the vision of your local church. You know, you're following your pastor, but what happens when you have vision for your life? We're going to talk about that today. Like, how do you navigate something that's in your heart while you're still called to steward the seat that you've been entrusted with on your team. We're going to explore that today. My friend Lee Wilson is here with us on the podcast. He is a brilliant voice on this topic and has an incredible story. Uh, You're going to be blessed by him today. Before we get into today's conversation, though, I want to give a shout out to Leading Second Plus. You know, today we're on the podcast and we've kind of created this podcast space as like your weekly leadership snack, you know, just something we could offer you uh, to think about and to grow. Uh, But for anyone that wants to go deeper and further in your leadership development, we've created a new online learning site that we call Leading Second Plus. It's it's leadership development on demand 24-7. It's a new library of online courses leadership labs, past events, staff meetings, and our library is up and it's set to grow every month uh, for our subscribers. We're so excited about this space and believe it can help you. And as a podcast listener, I have something special for you. I want to give you 30 days on us for Leading Second Plus. Just use the code PODCAST to get started on Leading Second Plus, and we'd love to have you a part of that community. And if you're interested in bringing Leading Second Plus to like your whole staff team or your leadership team at your church, we've created a program called Leading Second Pro. We'll give you everything at a discount, and we'll even throw in some monthly coaching for you on how to set up a leadership development pipeline and culture in your church. So excited about this space. Head to leadingsecondplus.com. Start your free trial or send us an intake form. Uh, for Leading Second Pro. We'd love to uh, come alongside you in your leadership journey. Okay, today my friend Lee Wilson is with us on the podcast. He's a longtime friend of Lindsay and I personally. Uh, He's been a part of brilliant ministries. Most recently, he had 17 years in the second chair in a church he was a part of, and now he has Uh, a a new ministry that he's launched based out of Houston. Uh, We love him and his perspective. I believe today is going to bless you and help you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Lee Wilson. Well, Lee, welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast. So glad you're here today, my friend. Man, it's so good to be back. It's been a while. I, last time we actually were on, I think it was during the pandemic. So uh, That's right. so I'm glad to be uh, a part of the of this post-pandemic. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're getting back at it. And I am so excited because I got a couple 
friends, leading Second Tribe members joining me for the interview today. First of all is Pastor Tracy Keen from Columbus, Ohio. Say what's up to everybody, Tracy. Hi, everybody. We love you. Uh, you are leading Second's number one fan, supporter. You keep me encouraged. Thank you. <laughs> I love this tribe. I love that I get to be a part of it, and I look forward to every episode and every conversation that is held um, here in this platform. And I just tell all the people who I have contact with, if you are leading second, you need to connect with this with this tribe. You yeah. need to subscribe to the podcast, be a regular listener, because the nuggets, the wisdom, it's just, it's priceless. And it's good. So I'm happy to be here. I know you actually listen to all the episodes because uh-huh. we sat down to dinner a few weeks ago and you actually like pulled your notes out and you were like, now wait, you said something <laughs> here I didn't like. And you, you, you were like calling me out. And, and what's funny is when I knew that today's conversation was with Lee Wilson, I remember that podcast. Wow. I, I know you do. Name. I know you I do. I remember sending him on Instagram. Oh yeah, Lee Wilson. I, I remember. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you are, you are the best. And uh, also have Dylan Ritchie from Coast Life Church uh, in Venice, Florida with us today. Say what's up to everybody, Dylan. What's going on, everybody? Excited to be on the call today. Have a really important conversation. So today's going to be good. I dare you to match Tracy's energy today. Uh, <laughs> no one no one brings it like Tracy. <laughs> but you know what? In all of my energy, I forgot to say that I'm a part of Strong Point Church in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> That's why, though. That's why she has so much energy. I mean, the name Strong Point alone. Strong Point. Right. Right. <laughs> so much strength and energy. It's all in the name. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, y'all are brilliant. Every single person on this call um, leaders I love and trust in the second chair. And today I want to have an important conversation. I want to have a, a conversation about vision. And Lee, um, I wanted to have this conversation with you in particular because I love your voice on the subject of vision. I don't know that there's anyone that fires me up more to be faithful to what God has called me to do while at the same time faithfully serving my pastor in the house I'm a, I'm a part of than you. So I wanted to, first of all, honor you and and say today, you know, we're going to talk about some tensions. We're going to talk about, for some of you, you're carrying a vision in your heart, and yet you find yourself serving the vision of another man, another woman, you know, the, the vision of the house that you're a part of. And um, we're just going to invade that space today and hopefully give you some anchors uh, for where you're at. And Lee, I'm going to start with you today because um, I I love how you you teach vision, you see vision, and you've carried this for a while. I mean, you you're you're traveling now, but this has been something you've dreamed about um, doing for for quite a while. Yeah, for decades. And by, by the way, once again, thank you for having me again. And uh, for many, many years, I've carried this vision um, in, in my heart to do what we're doing now with Lee Wilson Ministries and traveling. And um, and our whole our whole vision is about purpose, and it's about um, bringing purpose to the next generation in three components: life. Uh, leadership and love. And so we do marriage conferences, we do leadership uh, development and training and coaching, and we minister to young people. However, before any of that ever happened, my vision, you know, that God put in my heart, it seemed like it was dormant. It was at a standstill. Nothing was happening for many, many years. But I do know that something was happening. I just couldn't see it. And um, I couldn't experience it and feel it. And and it, it wasn't fully cooked yet. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And too many people are trying to walk in something that's not fully cooked, by the way. (laughs) Talk to us, talk to us for a minute. I love your story about the airport. Uh, Talk to us about that for a minute. I was a kid just growing up in the inner city here in Houston, but I had a vision in my heart to see young people like myself serve God, live for God, have a a heart after God. So I just kind of started on that process and started believing God that one day I'm going to travel, I'm going to minister, I'm going to share the gospel with people all over the world uh, and mainly next generation. And so I didn't have anything else better to do 
But uh, on Sundays after church, I ran the cameras and production at my church uh, at 17, 18 years old. And so on Sundays in between services, we would go to the air. I would go to the airport and um, and see myself traveling, see myself ministering around the world. And I would back in the days, this will show you how long ago it was. It was before you can just walk through. There was no TSA. You just go through security if you had a ticket or not. And I would just go to the gate and I had a couple of teenagers that liked to hang out with me on Sundays. So we would go to the gate and I would say, guys, listen, we're going to act like we're traveling the world. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to fly when I get ready to get up on this, you know, we'll go to any gate. First, we'll go look at the t- the board where the flights were leaving from. So I see Miami, I would see Los Angeles, I would see Hawaii, I would see, honestly, Columbus, I would see all of Florida, um, Houston. And uh, we would go to those gates. And then when they start boarding the plane, I would stand up like I was getting up on the plane. And I trained these young men to say, hey, Lee, have a good trip. We'll see you when you get back. (laughs) And I would go as close as I could to the gate. And I would just start at that point to a confession that I, a vision confession that I still say to this day. And it was simply this, Father God, I thank you. Then my gift bring me in the company of great men that travel the world preaching the gospel to this next generation. I see people giving their life to you. I see people being filled with the spirit. I see people finding their purpose in you. And I would turn back around. Uh, and then those same young men, I trained them. To, they had little signs in their hands and they would say, welcome home, Lee. How was your trip to Los Angeles? And I said, it was great guys. Come on, let's go to Hawaii. And, um, and I, but that, you know, that's, that was my vision. That was my passion. But, Honestly, at the same time, I'm serving in my local church. I'm serving uh, my pastor and 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 my and, and the church leadership, and that went on for years uh, without anything happening, without any door opening. And inside of me is burning this vision to do what was in my heart. But I, you know, I just believe that God's will for my life at that season was to serve my pastor, serve my local church. And I did it with everything within my heart. I didn't, you know, compromise, but it didn't stop the idea of what was in my heart. So I started to do things like birthday parties. I would go and just stand up and share my testimony at birthday parties. I'm not joking. I did baby showers. Um, I, I did, Uh, the senior citizen homes, Um, you know, um, I just did whatever I could. But the main important thing was keeping my heart right towards God and keeping my heart towards my local church and my pastor. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And and by the way, I didn't give you a proper intro. We just kind of jumped in here. So I just pushed record and we're now we're now going anything you say can and will be used against you uh, (laughs) from this point out here. Um. Okay, you had you had a cake. Uh, you refresh me on this story because this is a cool part of the story too. W- yeah, was it your wedding cake? Yeah, so my wedding cake. Well, you know, I don't know what it's different traditions now all over the world, but where I was from, where I'm from in Houston, uh, they told us, hey, the, we get a wedding cake, and then the groom gets a groom's cake. And so I had a groom's cake and um, I have a picture of it too. I can, uh, I'll send it to you, but the groom's cake, I said, well, if I get a cake, I want put something on that. So I put Lee's vision touching the world with the gospel. So I had the bakery find an airplane and a globe and they put it on the cake. And here's what I thought. Everybody that got a piece of that cake, they got a piece of my vision. And uh, and that was that was before any invitation. That was before any opportunity to preach. I'm just believing God. I'm going to really do this and make a long story short. I went to that airport for multiple years without even traveling. And many years later, I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was serving on staff at a church there, a church on the move. Um, some people may be familiar with that, Willie George. And I served on staff there working in any capacity I could. And one day I'm in the back doing curriculum for our children's ministry. And mm-hmm. a gentleman comes up to me and says, hey, my name uh, is Blaine Bartell. I actually travel. We're doing youth conferences all over the country. I understand you do rap music and, and comedy. And I was like, well, I don't know if you call it rap. I definitely don't know if you call it comedy, but I do <laughs> do some things. And uh, he says, well, I want you to go. Uh, if you open, I'd love to have you come and do something with us uh, in a trip that we're doing in a youth convention. I was like, yeah. And no joke, true story. 
the very first time I ever traveled to speak, to go anywhere and minister, we flew, that convention was in Houston, Texas. The very airport mm. that I had been going to for many years, believing God, I'm going to travel and speak. And so the first place I actually was invited to come back to speak was in my hometown, uh, officially wow. my hometown of Houston, Texas. Yeah. It's so inspiring, Lee, and I I pray that for someone listening today who is who is in a church, you're on a team. I think first of all, Lee, back me up on this one. I feel like we just need to give people permission to have and 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 remember and keep at the forefront God's vision for your life. Like yeah. it, even even though you're serving in your church and serving your pastor. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Like you have to, you have to hold on to it yeah, with, you know, with everything you've got. Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, write the vision down so that um, men may run with it. So writing the vision down doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually at that time doing that vision. So it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing to have a vision uh, and believe in yourself and, uh, and and understand and line up with the Word of God. And so I will always line it up with the Word of God. And that was that's important. Yeah, keep that vision inside of you. Don't um, If you don't have vision, the Bible says you perish. So this is why I, I think in our culture today, we have so many people that they're, they're running after every new thing that's coming out, every new fad that's happening, whether it's church fad or culture uh, fad, and because they don't have a vision for themselves that and seeking the Lord and asking the Lord, yeah. Lord, what is what is my vision for my for my life? And maybe you're there saying, I don't know. Here's what I believe that everyone's vision or purpose, if we can line it up with that, is that the Lord said you may love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your That's mind. Right with all your soul. If you don't know what your vision is, the first thing you, you need to lock into, my vision is to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. And then the second is to love thy neighbor. You know, so I believe that those are the two first things that every person needs to have, loving God and loving others. And then when you start to love God and love others, God will start to reveal to you personally the things that's in your heart to do. And it's, it may not happen when you want it to, though. That's important to know. Okay, so Tracy, Dylan, jump in in a minute. Help me pull some gold out of Lee here. But let me just ask you this, Lee. Let's talk about the tensions that exist. Yeah. You're, you're holding the vision in your heart, but you're a part of a church team. Yeah. You're a part of the vision of that house. And there are times where it feels like you have to lay you aside. Yeah. to serve the vision that's in your pastor's heart that God's given the house. You know, there, there's times where, you know, I think we feel delayed. I think there's times where maybe, maybe even in some instances, you feel like you'd make one decision and the leaders above you make another decision. I mean, these are real mm-hmm. tensions sure. yeah. that exist. Could, could, have you ever found yourself in, in those tensions on a team. <laughs> wow, my gosh, all the time. Um, it goes yeah. back to, uh, and, and I've been, I've been upset. I've, I've seen other people come in ministry uh, way after I have and, um, and seem like they got promoted or they got put in a position of ministry with either that church or launched out. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been through every possible tension, frustration, fear, uh, disappointment you can think of. And I know so many people are, are, are like that. They feel that frustration. They feel that like when God, when, but here's how God operates you. First of all, you can't ever compare yourself to someone else. What God is putting mm-hmm. you is, is, is unique. It's, it's, um, it's, it's for a certain time. And, and I always say this, that God operates in timing. He doesn't operate like mm-hmm. this it's a big calendar behind me. That's not how God mm-hmm. operates. We operate that way. Mm-hmm. We need that in yeah. some way. But God doesn't operate by calendars and clocks and, you know, and all of the things that we think. Because sometimes we think we're ready. God knows we're not. We think we're ready yeah. to be married. We think we're ready to, you know, have children. We think we're ready to be in ministry full time and all of that. No, there's a there's a there's a thing that the the timing of the Lord that you have to just um, allow God to 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 marinate in you. And and here's the key. 
faithfulness. Um, yes. The faithfulness of God needs to be in your heart. And Amen. you got to be faithful at whatever it is. You have to be so faithful to the point that whatever you're doing in ministry right now, you got to be so faithful to God that God, if this is the last thing I will ever do, if that's sweeping the floors, if that's ministering to the children, parking lot attendant, RDO, whatever it is, God, I am going to be that faithful to, to, to that situation. And I, his will is what's most important, not my wants. Mm. Mm-hmm. Our, wishes. Wishes. Our wishes. I was just wondering, talking about the tensions, and thank you, um, Brandon, for bringing this conversation and inviting me to be a part of it. But listening to you um, speak, Lee, I'm just wondering, have you ever had to wrestle through feelings of being taken advantage of or being mm. undervalued? Yeah. or underappreciated? And if so, how, how have you, how have you handled those feelings and navigated those emotions? Sure. I would even go even further, even being abused um, spiritually um, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that happens. A lot of that goes on. Yes, I have been. And I have to say, I didn't always get it right. Uh, I didn't always think the right way, say the right things. Um, and, you know, for some, sometimes it was just between me and God where I had to get my heart right and say, God, I repent for my attitude. I repent for the words that I said. In other cases, I had people that I could actually go to that. I will say that's more or less on the outgoing people you can go to because uh, vulnerability and being vulnerable and being open and being transparent Unfortunately, in, in a lot of churches, um, it's, it's not a safe place to go. So you get punished mm-hmm. for being, uh, you know, real. You get punished for sharing your heart. Uh, over the years, I've always decided and always desired, excuse me, that God, I want to be uh, with, I want leaders that I can go and talk with, uh, people that I can actually be in community with so I can share with. And so how I dealt with it over the years is first and foremost, um, like I said, the first thing I never got, I didn't get it right all the time. And I would say early on, that was most of the time. I just, you know, <laughs> went and started talking trash and, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to miss me and all I've done for this church and all I've done. Right. For, uh, that's one. And then secondly, having someone I can actually go and talk with. Um, and now God has placed people in my life. So I believe community, having accountability in your life is so important to having that those tensions mm-hmm. because they're real and they're never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And if God puts something in your heart to do, uh, it's about his timing, but you got to process that properly. You can't just, uh, you know, let that just sit in you and allow yourself to get bitter, allow yourself to start saying things that is uh, just going to just create division. And God can't bless that. He just can't, mm-hmm. no matter how talented, gifted, called, you may have your vision written down in a book and it's ready to roll. You got the mission statement and everything. But if your heart is wrong, heart. God mm-hmm. can't bless that. And so mm-hmm. I just, I always try to keep my heart right. Even to this day, I try to keep my heart right first. Um, and yeah. that's, that's real. Yeah, for sure. I, I take so much comfort in Joseph's story when I think about some of this stuff, I, I think about Joseph um, in prison. I think about him, you know, in those moments, he could have had a bad attitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, may, may, maybe you're not actually in prison. Maybe what you're doing feels like prison. I mean, I, I don't know. But but he the, his faithfulness in those moments were what brought him uh, to the place of seeing the dream fulfilled. I just, I find a lot of an, I find my anchor there, I guess is what I'm trying can to I, say. Can I add mm-hmm. to that too? I think that in my recent situation where I was, um, executive pastor, uh, for 17 years, uh, serving my pastor and I've been, a, I've been a part of a lot of churches and I'm not name dropping or trying to brag. I've been a part of churches because of the seasons and the, the, the God, uh, the timing of God, all those different things. But when I finished in, um, in Syracuse last year, when I, when I was, it was time to transition, the Lord put something in my heart that I had never really heard before in myself. And he said to me, Lee, you've had the faithfulness to finish. And, and let me talk about that a little. There are not a lot of people 
that can say they had, they were faithful to the finish. Some people were, uh, they were faithful till finally the door opened, you know, but faithfulness to finish when you know you finished an assignment, there is no feeling like it. And, um, this is really, in my honest opinion, in my, um, 41 years of being in ministry, this is the first time I finished. I've had a lot of things that happened where it was, it was not my fault. Some things were out of my control. Some things I was a little, you know, cocky, a little prideful, uh, you know, sometimes it just, it was time to move to the next season, but it didn't mean I finished. And so when you have an assignment of God's calling on your life, are you willing to be so faithful that you finish and cross that finish line? Here's what I like to say often that God's will for your life is the last thing God said to you, not what you feel, but you know, those things we say, God yep. said for me to come to this church, serve my pastor to be here. And then next day, first time something rubs you the wrong way. Now, all of a sudden, God changed his mind. <laughs> yeah. huh? Come on. Yeah. No, it's real. It's real. No. <laughs> so, it's anyway, so good. don't get me started there, man. I can I can go there. So. <laughs> hey, well, we're, I, all, I, we're I, all chuckling at that. Like, we yeah. can all resonate with that, right? That made yeah. all of us get a giggle. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. If we, if we could, I want to go there for a moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't have to go too deep, but I, I love the beautiful picture of um, the relationship between Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. I love using that illustration with, with our team sometimes, because when, when it comes to Elijah and specifically the end of the story, um, when you talk about faithfulness to finish, um, the reality is, is when the mantle falls, right? When, when Elijah gets taken up and the mantle falls, uh, there were three conversations that happened prior to that where Elijah told Elisha to, to stay and to not go with him. But yeah. it was in that faithfulness to say, no, 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 as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will go with you. That if he hadn't had that type of mindset and that type of motive, he wouldn't have been there when the mantle fell. So true. So can you, so can you talk through how that correlates to, to your situation? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, let me give you something that happened at the, t- uh, the tail end of um, my transition from the church I was at in Syracuse, Abundant Life Christian Center, which by the way, I'm still working and serving with them, uh, just uh, in a different capacity. Um, two, year, two years before I actually transitioned, the Lord told me that, you know, in my heart, spoke in my heart that uh, this this was going to happen. And there are two things that had to happen for before it ever would happen. Number one, I had to have the blessing of my wife. Um, uh, in order to do it. That was important. My family is important. My my wife is my number one outside of God, my number one priority. And, um, and number two, I had to have the blessing of my pastor. And, um, and then the Lord said, you can't, um, you, you can't manipulate it. You can't go to them. You can't give them any kind of, you have to stay and let, let it happen. And I'm just going to be flat out on this. That was so frustrating because it was burning in me. And I yeah. wanted to, I had all these things and relationships and I want to rekindle. I want to let people know what I was doing and what's that you can't do anything. Just stay faithful and stay focused. And so I did. And, um, long story short, um, two, two, uh, uh, almost a year and a half later, both my pastor and my wife comes to me at two separate occasions, um, uh, not knowing that they were coming to me and gave me their blessings. And so I'm like, yes, now we're ready to roll. Now it's time to go. And, um, uh, so I, sh- I sat down with my pastor shared with him. The first thing that was in my heart was, uh, and he asked me, he says, and I said to him, pastor, God's was putting in my heart to, to do this vision. And pastor said, to me, Lee, I know. He says, you, you've been faithful. I ask you mm-hmm. at the time, he says, I ask you for five, three to five years. That time you gave me 15 years and I'm grateful for that. About So check this out. About six months after that, um, my pastor uh, had to take some time out of ministry and go on sabbatical. And, um, and right in the middle of when I supposed to start announcing and promoting and launching into moving into Houston. My pastor says, I have to go on sabbatical. I have to take some time, but the only way I'll do it is Lee. You have to step in as interim pastor. Wow. Uh, Um, um, And so this is a church, 31 years, a very diverse church. And I knew, I knew that if I, if I said yes, 
that any plans I had for myself had to be put on pause. And I, I said, yeah. to without a doubt. And so it started off to be three months, ended up being almost six and a half Gosh. months. And, wow. um, and, and then even when he came back, who couldn't announce me leaving because now there's been a connection with me and the church. So we didn't want to like say, Hey, pastor is back. And by the way, Lee is leaving. So I had to wait another few months on it and just remain faithful and remain focused and not be frustrated. And, um, and that's when the Lord highlighted to me the faithfulness to finish, you know, David, when God called David to be a King, he was in this, he was a teenager. It wasn't until in his 30s when God actually released him to go forth to do what he's doing. So he's keeping sheep and doing all these things. And most people think because God has called you to do something, put a vision in your heart right. to do something. It doesn't mean now. Now um, it, it, it could be, uh, as David case, 15, 20 years later. Um, in my case, it could be years later. And we've all been there. Um, so God's not saying you can't have a vision. It's about his timing. It's about how you're doing. It's about keeping your heart right. Those are important ways of um, how I how I process it. That's that is so, so good. good. It's so good, right? Um, I want to just jump in because my in my brain, I'm going so many different places because what you said was just so rich, and it's just loaded with so many nuggets. Um, I was going to ask, like, it seems as if even though you said you haven't always managed aspects of the tension well in your tenure in ministry, but I was listening and I'm thinking, okay, so you have this passion and this heart to minister to young people, which now on a whole nother level, God's opened that door. And he said, now's my time. Walk on in because you have been so faithful. My question was, have you seen, naturally speaking, because we always have the scriptures and we've talked about examples sure. in the scriptures where we can always use those stories of those peoples to anchor ourselves. But have you seen this, what you're talking about, actually walked out with any people who you've encountered? Can you call somebody and say, hey, I'm feeling this tension I know I got the word. I'm trying to lean on it, but in my flesh, I'm still wrestling. Talk me off the cliff, bro. Yeah, I have several uh, <laughs> uh, several people like that in my life now. Um, and matter of fact, when I first got in my heart to do this new season, this new thing that God's put us in this new season, I was a part of a, co uh, a cohort of, of uh, men and women um, that I went to and just, you know, and the whole idea behind this whole thing was one year committed to this group of men and women it was like seven of us and we were invested in one another. We invested in each other's vision. And so I remember going to them for the first time and sharing my heart with them. And they told me, uh, you need to listen to your wife. Cause my wife wasn't on board, by the way. They said, you need to listen to your <laughs> wife. And Come uh, on. I get that you're frustrated. <laughs> I get that you're, you know, you feel like it's the right time, but you need to listen. And, um, at the same time, they encouraged me the same time they began to, you know, show me all the little things. So sometimes going and talking to other people, we're missing what God is doing now because we've got our focus on what God, we want God to do later. And so it's the yes. little things that they begin to highlight to me and show me that, Hey, look what you're doing. Look what you have, look what you have uh, been through. Uh, I have so many, uh, you know, uh, examples of that and have people in my life that I can call and just say, Hey, I just need help, man. I'm, 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 I'm struggling right now. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. Um, I'm in fear. Uh, you know, that's another thing of fear where the vision is there and you've got all the things behind you and pushing you, but now you're afraid to take that step. I've been there as well. Uh, so I just think, you know, th that, that is important. Uh, true example. Brandon is one of those people in my life. Uh, believe it or not, him and I, we kind of had this kind of relationship where we may not talk for several months, um, and then when we talk, it's like, boom, it's like, we never stopped, you know, and we're always encouraging one another, uh, over the years. And so it's important to have th that community. Yeah. I remember when, when I, you know, um, this is what, 11 and a half years ago when I found myself quickly off our staff at champion center and all of a sudden I was going to do this big sexy travel the world thing which 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 had been in my heart but i mean you know as well as anybody 
Uh, it's scary when, yeah. when, when you launch out into that and I called you and you actually gave me a couple pieces of, of super, super practical advice. Uh, one of them, you, you said something like be willing to do it for free or you, you yeah. meant you talked about generosity. Mm, yeah, I, I yeah. forget exactly yeah. what you said, but no, I actually said you talked about to do it for free. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, and so, so I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you know, one of my, one of my closer friends in ministry now is on our team church lead team, all that. He's a great friend become, you know, now a years long part of our ministry leading second team church, all that. Uh, I actually met him on Twitter, and I just volunteered to come to his church one time. So I said, "I'll just be generous and come. You don't, you don't got to pay me anything, you know." And and that was actually linked off of that advice I got from you. I never would have thought that in a million years, and yet God actually rewarded yeah. that just that small little act of faith. And so I, I've tried to do that at times. I mean, I've tried to. I've tried to do that anytime we're able, and it's amazing how God blesses it. And so my, my point being that didn't come from me. That came from leaning into you. That came from godly people in your life, right? That yeah. just surround you yeah. and bring it. So what you're, what you're saying is so important. It's the safety net people with vision need right. so desperately. Yeah. So good. I love the conversation. And, and there's a couple things that I feel like, have a connection, have, you know, are connected to one another that actually are, are probably why you're experiencing what you're experiencing in this season. And I love it because you first talked about your wife and how your wife wasn't originally on board. And then you went to, you know, fast forward, you're having this conversation with your pastor and then your pastor has to take a sabbatical. Well, when we launch out into our own vision, I feel like it's important for us to have some people in our lives, like we're talking about, that are there to support us in the vision. Right. So what you did is you actually developed your support system. But had you not been faithful and had you not done it God's way, you would have launched out into a vision without a support system because your wife wouldn't have been on board. You might have burned some bridges with your pastor had you not stuck around and remained faithful. So, I mean, I, I just want to talk about that for a moment, like because I feel like when, when, when we get this vision, sometimes we're like, and it's time to go. Yeah. And we'll burn bridges, Right the very bridges and the very support system that is actually going to make the vision effective. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how they've supported you and how that's, that's brought value to the, the season. I would actually even say you're sowing seed um, uh, and not, not the kind of seed you want to sow. If you're, if you leave before your time or if you're not being you know, faithful. So it's not just about, I think you do burn bridges and I have done that. Um, but you know, it was so important. I remember talking with my wife about, you know, sweetheart, what was in my heart? And she was in school and she was finishing up um, uh, her master's. It's two masters, a very smart lady. She is, she's the boss. I just, I act, I act like one, but she's really the boss. <laughs> she runs things. And, uh, but, we, you know, I remember going to her and I, I remember honestly pushing her in the years past. Almost, she didn't even have a word in, in a sense. I wasn't like, you know, Neanderthal, but it's like God said, and you know, <laughs> this is what the Lord said. We, you just got to trust me. And I, and I remember doing that. And, and in some ways, you know, I kind of wish I didn't do it that way. And it, it really, it came back to haunt me in a way where the greatest challenge we ever had in our marriage was wrapped around that tension. And now we're at the place where if she was not on board and if she was not willing, mm -hmm. I don't care how much it was in my heart. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, um, and that's, that's hard to say. And it's really even harder to carry out because it seems right. like everything that was coming on TV, every commercial I heard, every book I would see movie, it was like, ding, ding. It's just like ringing to me, but <laughs> God's timing. And then my pastor, you know, I had to make sure that I, I did what the Lord told me to do with him. I'm going to say something that may shock many people. You may have a, 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 a vision in your heart. And I go back to what I said earlier, where it's um, the will of the Lord for your life is the last thing the Lord said to you. Let me tell you what your vision is right now. If you start getting on the local church, you, no matter what it is, your vision is your senior leadership's vision. Yes. That's your vision. That's, that's your vision. And you'll know, 
you will know when that is changed. The same way you knew God told you to go there to serve them is the same God. He's not changed. Um, he's he's he has you there for for a reason. He has you there for a season. And it's those those two things. And I found this out uh, that ministry uh, has seasons and and some of some people don't realize it's important to realize what season you're in. Marriage and ministry has seasons. Mm-hmm. What season mm-hmm. are you in? Uh, because, you know, every season has a different impact on your life. And some people are in the season of winter and they're acting like it's summer and it's not. And so winter is not always fun. And I've learned that living in upstate New York, I have learned four seasons like I never knew before. Uh, and Amen, brother. You, you have to, you got to like, it's hard. Winter is hard. Mm-hmm. Winter mm-hmm. is not fun. Winter, yes. is, uh, you got to adjust to it. I also found out that when winter comes, you don't shut down either. You keep moving. Right. You got to add right. certain things to your life. Now, right around the corner, um, spring is coming. That's a sign of new life. That's a sign of birth and, 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 and sometimes growth. And then summer is a time of fun, excitement, you know, and then fall is a time that change is coming. So I just think that recognizing what season you're in, in your ministry and, and enjoying it and don't dress for winter in the summer and don't dress for <laughs> summer in the winter. And don't act like you're in the winter when you're in that season. That's what's helped me to kind of get through it. And then, you know, my vision is my is my is my church's vision. And my assignment is to help them fulfill that. And, you know, what what other thing else I will say um, in that is that it's when I'm not looking for it. It's when I'm not asking for it. It's when I'm not pushing for it and advertising for it right in the middle of it. God starts to send uh, those things. What are the things that come when you know it's time for you to transition? There's a peace the Bible says that yeah. comes. And the Bible says that God will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. The other thing That's is right. you're going to have God will provide. So you want to know if you're in the will of the Lord? Is there provision? And now it may not be the type of provision you see in these unrealistic TV shows that you're watching where you think people got it made. I'm the boss and, you know, I'm, you know, (laughs) you know, I got to grind for all of this. No, but there's a provision that comes that God just brings that helps you get through those things. And so, and that all comes because of your faithfulness where God, God does those things in your life. Yeah. I, I hope today that we're just giving people an anchor. You know, I, I hope today that we're helping you see that we, we want you to live in, to hold close God's vision for your life. It is so, it is, if it's of Him, it's good. It'll happen in His timing. But at the, I lovely where you took us just to remind us that if we are in a season serving someone else's vision, it's a good season. That the, there is so much preparation happening there. I mean, I even think about you. You're you're going to be doing, you know, part of what you're doing, coaching, consulting. You know, we're sitting in leader. I, I I've thought about that season of you as interim pastor, and ha- like God probably put things in your life <laughs> in those six and a half months that you need. Yeah. And it was like the last thing right be- before you you know, went out the factory door to market, you know, was, was like, I'm going to give you something that you're going to need for the future. You know what? Here's an interesting thing. So, um, uh, I was, I oversee, uh, when I was on staff there, I oversaw most of the the millennials or the Gen Z's. That's a whole nother topic, (laughs) a whole nother life. But, um, and you know, and there was that tension of what they have, vision, excitement. They want to change things. They want to bring creativity and culture. Um, and so a lo- some of them, I won't say any, and hopefully I'm not sure how many of you listening to this, but some of them, this this was an opportunity when I stepped in as an interim. Finally, 
We can <laughs> we can do this and do that. And, you know, you know, pastors, you know, is out. And by the way, when I said my pastor was on sabbatical, he was literally on sabbatical. Him and I did not speak for six and a half months. We did not have any conversation. He had nothing to do with the church. It was the board and myself and our executive team. And I was fully in charge and empowered. And I remember sitting down with all of the key leaders of the church and, and we're sitting down and we're talking and I says, okay, uh, here's, here's our vision, guys. Our vision is pastor's vision. And here's what are we going to do? We're not going to do anything that would not be his heart. And we're not changing anything just because we now can do it. We're going to do what's best for this ministry, best for what's in his heart. And, you know, it was, it was important to do that, to set that, that, uh, standard. And I just remembered, you know, um, being in the second chair and now I'm in the first chair. I realized that it wasn't, uh, I didn't move into his office, by the way. I, I kept my same office. <laughs> I didn't, I, yeah. I intentionally did not park in his parking space. Yeah. Um, yep. doing that, doing that season. I wanted to show that, Hey, we're here to carry out the, our pastor's vision and his heart, him and his yes. wife, while they're out on this six month sabbatical. And, um, I, I just made, I, I went overboard to make sure I showed what faithfulness was. And, uh, also I did learn a lot. And also there were things that I was able to implement that I didn't even know I had it in me until I was sitting in that seat as the senior pastor, even though it was interim. And that was one of them is to make sure, Hey guys, we're not here to change anything. We're not here to add things. And uh, now finally, no, <laughs> we're going to do what we've always yeah. done. And, and, and you know what happened in that season, six months, the church grew uh, by over a hundred new members. Um, wow. And, wow, praise and God. The church financially stayed, stayed stable. And, there were there were people out of those hundred. There were some people that had never heard our senior pastor preach before. There were some people mm -hmm. that didn't even know who he was, uh, other than every Sunday I would get up and I would thank God for this church. I would thank God for our senior pastors and their absence, you know. Um, and there were people when we announced that Pastor John, our senior pastor, was coming back. Our lead pastor was coming back into the congregation. They had to be introduced to him. And I was the first wow. to do that, um, to introduce him. Here's your pastor um, uh, of, of, of this church. And I just think that you're right, Brandon. It did prepare me for where I'm at. But more importantly, mm -hmm. the past prepared me. The preparation of being yeah. in church prepared me to serve him in that way. So mm -hmm. there's so much beauty in this. I, I pray... If anybody else has a different narrative going on in your heart, I man, I pray you're catching this today because this, this is the place that God uses. God blesses. I, yeah. I man, I could, I, I could go for hours on this subject. In in fact, maybe I'll just say this to kind of wrap it. I even feel like any moment you sow into someone else's vision, even while you're living with vision in your heart, I feel like God is able to make it up to you. I feel like even leave for you, I believe you're, you're, you know, th this next season is going to be even more fruitful. You know, it's going to be, it's almost like, I believe the time will catch up to you, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. as if you'd always been doing it. I just, that is the, the faithfulness and goodness of God, you know, over our lives when we honor these seasons. Well, okay. We, I could talk about this for hours. We got to land the plane or this is going to be five episodes or something like that. But, but <laughs> Lee, let me, I'm going to give you the final word here. Like I like to on the podcast, I always like to end on a ministry note. So if there's someone listening today, they needed this conversation. They find themselves in this tension. Like they're there right now. And you've already said so much, but if you could just have one final word and minister to that person who's listening, they're holding vision while they're under vision what would you say right to their heart right now where they're at? I always believe the word of God is the greatest answer to any question in ministry. And I have two scriptures I just want to share with you. And I stand with you, my brother, my sister, whoever you are. I get it. Uh, I know exactly where you are and I've been there. But here's what the word of God says in Jeremiah 29, 11. You know this scripture if you've been in ministry. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Um, and their plans for good, their plans for not disaster, uh, to give you a future and to give you a hope. 
God knows the plan that's in your heart. He knew it first. Don't give up on that. And the second thing I would say to you from scriptures found in the book of Isaiah 26, uh, verse three, where it says uh, that the Lord will keep you in perfect peace. All who trust in you and all your thought and make sure that your thoughts are fixed on him or fixed on you. So when your thoughts are fixed on God and trusting him, don't put your trust in the feelings and the frustrations and the fears or even in your future. Put your trust and, and your thoughts fixed on God now in this season and be encouraged. And in due season, you shall reap. God's obligated to Amen. bring the harvest and the fruit in your life from your faithfulness. So don't give up. There's more. There's more that God has for you. You may be saying, I just feel like I've done it all. No, just stop right now. I promise you there's more. There's more God wants to squeeze out of you to bring into that season that you're in, into that place that you're at now to serve. And it's when you just decide that that's it. This is it. No more. I'm done. I'm just, this is where I'm going to be. It's when you're going to see. Um, I'll, I'll just say this in my last words. <clears throat> God's reward is on the other side of your obedience. The reward that God has for your life is on the other side of your obedience. Just continue to obey him and trust him and watch what you uh, the fruit that comes from it. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lee. Love you. Glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I It's my pleasure. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be on this. I actually never done anything like this with before. So this was good. So you, you, good. Threw, you threw one at me. I hope I passed. I love it. I love it. And hey, thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Tracy. I love you guys. Thanks for being part of our tribe. Love you too. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. 